This is the Bare Naked Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Party. I'm a mindfulness mentor and breathwork facilitator who's here to bring you unfiltered conversations about mindset, spirituality, holistic healing, and entrepreneurship. Bare Naked Soul is about expressing who you truly are underneath it all as you shed the layers of who you think you're supposed to be. This is my journey of letting my authentic soul speak in hopes that it inspires you and teaches you to explore and express who you really are too. Hello everyone, welcome back to Bare Naked Soul. I have someone pretty incredible with me today, London Souza, and I found London through her podcast, which is pretty awesome, and I really just love her perspectives on fitness and health, and I wanted to bring her in to really share these. It's it's just so beautiful the way that she approaches these topics, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about here in our conversation. So London Souza is a life coach, fitness expert, and host of the Self Love and Sweat podcast. She helps high performers all over the world get their mind right, body tight, and love their life. Her former go, 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 all or nothing mentality and belief that fitness and working out were her only tools to feel good in her skin soon led to hormonal issues and burnout. She now teaches her clients how to go from crazy busy to crazy happy using fitness as a tool among many to increase opportunity, choice, and feelings of empowerment. How amazing. Thanks for being here, London. Yeah, thanks. You it sounds better when you read the the bio. <laughs> thanks for having me. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. And yeah, I'm excited to chat with you today and I love podcasts. I love that you found me through my podcast. I love this medium. I love the way that we're able to connect and and share from, you know, all over the world wherever we are. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I have so many things I want to dive into. Um you know, I want to hear your journey. I want to hear how you became a fitness expert, became a fitness coach. Um, also, I, I'm, I can relate so much to your story about like the burnout and how you shifted your mindset. So just dive in, give us the long version. We're like so interested in hearing it all. I love it. Okay. Long version. Cool. So I first started with fitness. I guess I should say like my, my whole life, I was pretty active. My dad and mom, believe it or not, um, met in aerobics class. My mom was the instructor and my dad was, um, one of the, yeah, the clients, the participants in the class. Um, my dad was also very involved in athletics, was a baseball coach, football coach, and things like that. So growing up movement was definitely a part of, uh, our life. And we were just very active as a family and sports and stuff like that. And then I moved to college. So I moved to Southern California, grew up kind of in central California, moved to, um, moved to college, went to Long Beach state. I was 17 years old when I moved out. And it was just like, yeah, a whole navigation process of like what it means to live on your own and navigate life and take care of your health and your wealth and your everything. Like just your whole, like, it just basically like you go from kiddie pool to like big pool, if that makes sense. And it's just like flip, uh, you like kind of flop in. So I was kind of like just navigating that space. And I really found, um, like refound, I didn't do uh, athletics in college. So I just kind of refound movement in a way to deal with stress and exams and challenging times. I would just like go run and I would just go move and just like, yeah, work out. And then I also had the privilege of living with a close friend of mine who at the time was also a personal trainer, very active in physical fitness. So she kind of like taught me how to work out, if that makes sense. Like I knew I played soccer, I played softball, I did a lot of sports, but like 
you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like afraid to be in the gym. It's just like, I had never like had structure or guidance surrounding this space. So she was really like showing me, yeah, how to lift weights and how to train and just like really, um, was super consistent and a consistent, um, role model, I would say in my life of just like waking up early, like going to the gym. We, we lived close to the gym. We lived together at one point. And so it was just really cool. Like she just helped me with like habits and routines and regimented lifestyle. And just like as a college student, I think that was really helpful also on top of working out for my mental health. It was helpful to have habits and routines, I think to help support like my mental health and the way I was feeling just kind of overwhelmed and I'm um, dealing with some feelings of anxiety. So she was super helpful. And so during that time, I was actually going to school for psychology and I wanted to focus on criminals. So I wanted to be like a a forensic psychiatrist. I wanted to interview serial killers and people of a different mind and write books about them. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to go to school for. I want to write. And I want to learn about the criminal mind. But when I got into working out and moving, I started inviting my classmates and my professors to participate. And it was just like super fun. And I was like, Hey, I really like this. Like this fitness as a career thing seems super cool. And I would love to do that. And so I found out that it's actually, you know, yeah, for better or for worse, quite easy to do. I went to NASM. So it's a national Academy of sports medicine. You read a bunch of books and take a bunch of tests and quizzes and do a bunch of things. And yeah, you get your, your uh, certification to be a personal trainer. So I was like, I want to do that. And I don't think I want to go back to school after I graduate to further, you know, this career that I thought I wanted to do. I really want to pursue fitness and like, see what's up. And I remember, um, like, it felt so natural. It felt so good. And then during the time that I went to college, and I think maybe this is, I shouldn't say always, but it's like some, you know, getting jobs is not always like the easiest thing in the world. And I remember that time when I went to college and graduated, it was like a time when there were not a lot of jobs and a lot of people were like, not, you know, getting positions that they had went to school for and stuff like that. And I remember being like, oh, I could just like be a personal trainer, live in Southern California. And like, everyone wants a personal trainer and they did, you know? So that was really awesome. And it was a great pivot. And it just really allowed me to pursue something I was passionate about, connect with people. Of course, psychology plays a giant role in that. And so through this medium of fitness in my own life and in working in the lives of others through working, I started, um, I went through kind of various positions, but I was mainly an in-home personal trainer, right? So I'd go to people's houses. I'd drive in my little gray Toyota Corolla and I'd have like a Bosu ball, a TRX, like weights and bands, like in my trunk, I'd unload it into their backyard, living room, whatever. And we just like get to town. And so through that, you know, you build really awesome, open, you know, relationships with your clients where it's like, oh, it's not just about fitness. And I'm really realizing this in my life and they're realizing this too. It's kind of like, okay, well, why are you doing this? You know, what's the purpose of this fit and strong body? What will you do when you have, you know, this, this tone tab and six pack and whatever, and what does it mean? You know, and then of course there's things that we know as well that pertain to a fit and healthy lifestyle, like nutrition and mindset. And like, then slowly, slowly, but surely it's like, I really started diving into our brain and self-talk and the way that we, I, I posted a quote on Instagram yesterday that illustrates this so beautifully. And it was like, the words we say is the house we live in or the house we build or the words we say is the house we build. So it was just like a reminder of like, okay, it's not just working out. It's not just healthy nutrition. There's like this mindset component. Okay. What am I telling myself? What's going on between my ears on a regular basis? And so it was really like this growth 
and curiosity for growth in those areas on my end. And then of course, doing that with my clients too, because yeah, like you said in my bio, it's like fitness is a tool among many, a tool we all need, right? But we're not always going to build everything with a freaking hammer, right? We need a variety of different tools, different seasons, different things we might be trying to put together. And so, yeah, through that um, is how I, you know, started coaching and kind of how my philosophy came about. And then, um, as I mentioned before, I wanted to write books about serial killers. So when I started fitness and health and nutrition and all that, I started writing about it. I started writing for my newspaper, the Merced Sunstar, a newspaper from my hometown. And um, the way it stemmed is so funny. I just ended up writing like a little tidbit about my dad for a Father's Day article opening that they had. And then after that, I like wrote, reached out to the editor. I was like, hey, you guys have something open for me? Keep in mind, this town's super small. This is not the New York Times. This is not, not to discredit this newspaper. And it also wasn't the New York times or like anything, you know, so they were like, sure, like come write for us. What do you have to say? You know, I'm like, I have a column. It's called life like London. And I'm going to teach, you know, ways and tips to work out and eat healthy anywhere, anytime. And they're like, cool. You know, no, no. Um, they, they, of course I sent in a few samples, but there wasn't, you know, I didn't go to, um, you know, I wasn't in school to be a writer or I wasn't in school to be a journalist or something like this. They really much took a chance on me. So the cool thing about the internet, as we know, is that like, yeah, once something's up, it's up and a lot of people can have access to it. And so I started writing for the Merced Sunstar every like other Saturday or every Saturday, something like that. And they would publish it on their online publication as well, like the, the mercedsunstar.com. And I had written an article about my favorite fitness app. So this was like when smartphones were really developing and you had the opportunity to like track your runs and track your fitness and track your food and like all this cool stuff that was happening that like historically we just did manually or you would write down. I remember when like the thing connected to my iPod to like my Nike shoe and you could finally like track your runs. So this was like new technology was coming out and I was like, oh, I want to talk about it for my little article for the Sunstar. So I wrote about it. And there's something on that you can set on the internet, and maybe you're familiar with this, Leah, but it's called Google Alerts. So for those of you listening, if you don't know what Google Alerts are, you can set like a word or a phrase um, on a Google Alert, and you'll get emails when something is published on the internet that is pertaining to your particular keyword. So a uh, this guy that was working for a company called Runtastic had a Google Alert on his phone uh, or on his Gmail set up for fitness apps. So lo and behold, he gets this article from London Souza from Merced about her favorite fitness apps. Well, he's a little bit older than me, so we never went to school together or anything, but he also happens to be from Merced. And if you're from Merced, no discount from Merced, but you'd for sure be like, how did a Merced Sunstar article end up in my Google alerts? Like, how is there even enough traction for that to even like, not matter, but like make an impact on my Google alert, right? So um I'm trying to, as you know, I'm trying to, you know, choose my words wisely. I'm from there. I love it. And it's just, it's like a, huh? It would be like a huh moment, you know? So he reached out to me and he's like, Hey London, like I work for this company. It's Austrian based called Rentastic. We would love to talk with you about potentially blogging for us. We saw your article, um, in the Sunstar. It's weird. I'm from Merced too. He's like, you didn't mention Rentastic. So I was wondering if you've ever heard of them because I didn't mention them. They were an Austrian based, uh, fitness app. I had never heard of before. So he reached out and I was like, yeah, that's really weird. Sounds cool. I, I love to write. I would love to blog for you guys. 
And he's like, sounds good. Where are you based? I'm based in San Francisco. At the time I was based in Southern California, still am now, but had a few moves. And I'll tell you about that too. But he's like, I live in San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'll be in San Francisco. A close friend of mine lives there. Um, I'm going to be visiting. How about we meet up for a coffee and discuss some blog topics and like what you envision. I would love to learn more about the company. So um, his name's Josh. I guess I could say his name because him and I are such great friends. So me and Josh meet up and we totally hit it off. He's super cool. He's one of my best friends to this day. I married him and his wife. I became an ordained minister to marry him and his wife earlier this year. So he's like, I'm sharing this story because it's like every all I feel like all of our steps are ordered. It's like certain things happen where you're like, duh, duh, duh. Like when you look back. Right. So we go and have coffee and we hang out and we're just like we hit it off as friends. He loves to run. I love to run. We're both passionate about fitness. This new running app called Runtastic from Austria is being created. A bunch of masterminds from Austria, a group of four guys from the university, um, the little small university in Austria, very powerful tech one, actually. They came up with this idea. They're getting a lot of traction. They need some fitness experts to create some stuff like we were just really vibing. And then uh, that a blog opportunity led to me making fitness videos for them on YouTube weekly. Some of, you know, our videos have millions and millions of views teaching you how to foam roll, how to stand up paddleboard, exercises using your own body weight. And that led to me moving to Austria, working for them full-time, um, leading what was called live workout parties, which were these big fitness events with thousands of people in major cities throughout Europe and Japan. And we do these fun fitness events with the DJ. And I would lead people, you know, that didn't even speak English. Like we could just fitness new, 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 fitness knows no language, you know, we're just moving together. And so I got the opportunity to do that. And that was beautiful and amazing. And then, you know, as did everybody's lives, you know, we kind of had a shift and a pivot when it came to the pandemic in 2020. So just about three days shy of two years ago, I moved back from Austria to um, America to be with my family just because we were in lockdown. I was working for Runtastic and a lot of the fitness stuff we were doing and events, we weren't doing that anymore. So I decided to like peacefully just say like, I loved that. That was an awesome eight years of my life, but I need to go be with my family and come back. So yeah, I did that. And so the last two years, I've really just been, um, yeah, leaning more and more into um, life coaching women, especially one-on-one high-performing women who just, yeah, have that desire to keep evolving with the times where they're at in their lives, with their relationships, with their business, with their families, with their priorities and things like that. And um, we really develop what's called a why. And so for me, and I'll kind of like wrap this in a bow here is say that, you know, my why for pretty much, you know, my why for life pretty much is um, because I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world, visit my family whenever I want and still make maximum impact with my God-given purpose. And so when I think about that and I look at kind of the story I told you and kind of where I'm at now, it's pretty much just been a active lifestyle of protecting that why and being like, okay, living in Austria, does that make sense with the circumstances of the world? Can I visit them whenever I want? No. Do I need to go home now to make that happen? Yes. Okay. Then when you leave and you're in a new country, how can I just be able to work from anywhere in the world when I was busy establishing, you know, what I was doing in my name and the brands I was working with were in Europe and we're in, you know, Japan and like other places where it's like, 
you're just basically in a whole new world, a whole new pool. And I was forced to pivot in many different areas of my life. And so in those different areas, fitness has always been major. So I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for fitness. Cause it's like, girl, I'm sure you've had this experience too. It's like, you can feel frustrated, go for a nice run, do a nice workout. You always feel so much better after a workout. You can always communicate better after you've, you know, walked it out first or worked it out first, or just kind of like taking a moment to like come into your body and sweat and move. I feel like it's always been a powerful tool, no matter where I've been in this incredible journey, you know, on these roller coasters and kind of ups and downs and things like that. And so um, the one thing that I've been doing, especially the last couple of years, which is why I say it's really cool to kind of look back at where we've been and our experience and just different things is I've been coaching a lot on, on camera confidence. And so when I worked for Runtastic, when I moved to Austria, I was like, you know, put into this arena of, you know, being on camera in every sense of the word, whether it was like live TV, live events, you know, YouTube, you know, uh, IG live podcasts, video, fit, like everything you can imagine. And so now having done that and knowing that people after the pandemic have been, you know, put into sometimes a, a fully remote work environment, fully Zoom. Now it's kind of hybrid partially. And then also that has brought out, you know, kind of the knowledge and the know-how of like, oh, hey, even if we're not working from home, we can still use on-camera tools and Zoom and other things to reach more people, right? To be like more connected, expand our business expand our reach. And so being able to help others increase their on-camera confidence and share their message on camera and, um, you know, be cool with, you know, what it means to kind of function in an online space for work, for social stuff and whatever is a powerful tool that I feel like is not so much optional anymore. And so I've been coaching on that a lot. It's been super fun. Um, anywhere from people who are like fitness professionals, you know, working on set to show up better on camera all the way to, I just spoke to a group of really awesome, intelligent, amazing accountants, like at a big accounting firm. And they are used to doing a lot of their, you know, team meetings and stuff in person, client meetings in person. Well, now a lot of that stuff is done virtually and you know they're trying to figure out how do we make numbers interesting how can we make our clients more engaged with what we're doing on zoom how can we better utilize a lot of the features and not have fear like there's a lot of fear surrounding i didn't know that like screen share anxiety was a thing or zoom fatigue or all these like new things that we're experiencing it's like how do we continue to show up confidently and consistently despite you know, sitting down, like, look how you and I are talking, sitting like this and talking. It's like, what do you do in between? How do you do to set yourself up to make this interesting and fun and lively and an experience that's motivating, you know, even though you're not in an office, you're at home, as you can see, I'm like next to my bed. So when I'm in Orange County, I have kind of this work sleep space here that I have set up and like my little gym area. So it's like, you know, how do we kind of make it work and show up and serve with excellence and, you know, do something that's super scary, which is public speaking and stuff like that, which I've done for some time. So yeah, that's kind of the, the story surrounding, you know, that, and as you can see, there's a lot of pivots, a lot of turns and fitness has just totally been with me every step of the way. And I feel like, um, you know, throughout my twenties and now I'm in my thirties, it's just like, it's fun re-navigating what that fitness experience is in your life at that moment. You know, it's not always, and it shouldn't always be you know, go hard in the paint, push your limits until you can't anymore. And I definitely did that. I definitely did think that fitness 
progress and success was like linear and you go and it's like, eventually you do too much as with anything. So, um, it's been a dance with fitness and it's been fun. And I love helping people kind of figure out their healthy dance surrounding a lot of those topics too. Wow. That is incredible. So, so cool. Um, yeah, love, love the pivots. Cause it's just so real, right? I feel like hardly anyone is doing what they went to college for at least, you know, changed majors in, in college. And, um, you know, for me, I've changed my path so many times. So, so relatable to that. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about kind of that, like reframing of fitness, mm-hmm. you know, um, that whole, that whole burnout piece, that go, go, go hustle mentality. Mm-hmm. And what, what's kind of your mindset now? And like, what do you really want women to embody when it comes to fitness? How do you want them to feel about the fitness journey in their lives? Yeah. I think that, um, like you said, it's just kind of, I often tell people, you know, what do you think about when you hear fitness, you know? And so, like you said, how are you getting, get people to kind of reframe what they think about fitness? It's kind of like, well, what do you think it is anyways? You know, if you think it's a fad or a 30 day challenge or a this or this, then that's what you're going to experience in your reality. And that's what it's going to be for you. When you see it as a tool and something that's a part of you, no matter what you're doing in some capacity or not. And like I said, it doesn't always have to be a, you know, for me right now, fitness is really like movement. Like I just realized, (laughs) and maybe, you know, some people older than me might be laughing or younger than me might not get it. But I'm like, when I turn 30, like I have to move, like I need to walk a lot, my ankles and like things get tighter than they used to. And maybe I'm sitting more doing my podcast stuff or doing things like that. But for me right now, walking is where it's at. Like I make time. There's this hill right outside of where I live. I go all the way up that hill up and down. It's about 22 minutes. So I try to do that twice a day. And then if I can go on a longer walk, I do too. And it's like, not instead of my workouts, I'm still working out like three to four times a week, but it's like that for me feels like fitness in the moment, you know? And then there's some times where it's like, oh, different seasons, fitness might feel like something different. So I think what's important is that you find what works for you and you're open to that shifting and changing and also what worked for you in one season of your life or like what worked and felt good in my twenties does not work or feel good now. So we have to be open to shifting and kind of rearranging the puzzle pieces a little bit or altering our tools slightly, because if we get so caught up in this blinder of like fitness means you know, working out five to six days a week. It means I have to be like out of breath and do it for at least an hour. It means like, I just challenge any, everybody listening. It's just like with around anything. It's just like, what do you believe to be true about that? And what is that serving you or not? Is it helpful or not? And how can you kind of change and yeah, uh, reframe. I love that word reframe, put the picture in a new frame, reframe that mindset into something that's more empowering and just better for you. And um, I think that when you take the time for that. It's helpful, you know, to, to say, you know, what do I think about fitness? Is it serving me? What can I do different? What do I need in summer versus in spring versus in my twenties versus in my thirties? Um, and I'll say too, like, it's not a space it's, it's very, I would say not easy, but it rolls off the tongue for me. That's my craft, my career. It's what I talk about and stuff regularly. So it's like, that's why having coaches is awesome and important when there's areas that I'm not that I'm struggling with, or that I feel like I could up-level or use support in, I immediately get a coach. Cause it's like, I want to expedite the process. I want to not make the mistakes or I want at least the, the best path that I know of at the moment. Right. And so I think 
that um, if it doesn't make sense to someone where it's like, yeah, well, how do I think it's like, get a coach, get someone that can support you and hold you accountable and give you, you know, quality input and feedback and provide value for where you are in your unique, in your unique circumstances. Because I think oftentimes too, we just get caught up in the scroll of like, what's the latest thing we've been hypnotized with lately, or what's like the newest, fattest thing, or like what are, what worked for, you know, our neighbor or our partner or a friend or whatever. And it's like, why this for, it's like, Sometimes you just need that, that customized approach and that support. And so I, yeah, for that reason, I love coaching and also, yeah, keep, keep excavating your, your own fitness journey. It's, it's, it's just part of it. It's just like, you would never stop continuing to put gas in your car. If you were going to drive it and move, it's just like, you're always, you're always doing the fitness thing. It just might be looking a little bit different depending on the season of your life. So that's okay. It doesn't have to look the same all the time. In fact, you know, I'm, I started lifting weights again. Uh, cause I want to get stronger and yeah, I'm like using weights that are like 10 pounds lighter than I was the last time I was lifting weights regularly. It's like, Oh, well, okay, cool. That's where I'm at now. I'm still sore. My arms are feeling it. Like I get the burn. That's where I'm at right now. And I'm just going to keep going with where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I turned 30 last week, so I can fill you Happy on. Birthday. <laughs> I'm a welcome to the ink. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to put that on you, but I just felt like something shifted when I was 30. I'm like, Oh, Oh, like in between zoom calls, I got to get up and like move my hips and like do things or else it's like later on throughout the day. I'm like, what did I do? Oh, you just yeah. sat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like doing yoga every day now, even yes. if it's just 10 minutes, you know, whatever my body needs, but, um, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to look at it as a good thing because it's pushing me to hold myself accountable to getting that movement in more consistently because I do need it, but I always needed it. And it's always good. And it makes you happy. And like, there's nothing wrong with it, you know? So, um, I love that. And yeah, I think that the journey with fitness, just like anything else, like nutrition or spirituality or anything else, it's like going to shift and move with us as we evolve, as we get older and, and whatever that is, I feel like there's a lot of shoulds that tend to be there though. And it's like, well, I, if, if I want to be fit, I should, blah, 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 blah. I should, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like all of those shoulds and those expectations on fitness affects like motivation? I mean, yeah, I love what Tony Robbins says when he's like, you're shitting all over the place. Yeah. I say that to myself a lot. In fact, um, in the work, a lot of the work that I do is really around words and word choice and self-talk and uh, a lot of work in NLP. And so when you say that, like I should, I should, I mean, it, it's, it has a connotation. It has kind of a feeling, you know? And I think, yeah, it can absolutely, to answer your question, impact motivation. Cause it's just like, if you, especially if you have a long list of shoulds, like that's a over any long list of anything, a long to-do list, a long, whatever it can be overwhelming and like, be like, okay, I don't want to do that. Some people could be overwhelmed by that. Right. It could be stressful trying to keep up with an ideal or a standard that we think, you know, is what we're supposed to do. And we should do, you know, that can be super exhausting and fatiguing. And quite frankly, I think it's just more like, masking over your true potential, you know? And I think that that's really what's missing the most is just kind of like people just having that freedom to figure out, um, you know, what works for them. I think that's, you know, super, super special, but yeah, I think 
check your shoulds, you know, like when you find yourself saying like, Hey, I should do this. Like, well, where did it come from? Like who told you you should do this? Like, did it come from your doctor, your coach that's working with you regularly? That's really making like a solid should recommendation based, you know, or is it like, Oh, I was scrolling through TikTok and someone told me that, you know, I need to be this size and I should, you know, look like this and I should be this way. And I should be doing, you know, Leah said, she does yoga almost every day. I should be doing that too. You know, it's kind of like we can make, if we're, (laughs) if we're shitting all over the place, we'll find a lot of shoulds, right? If like, that's our MO and that's what we're doing, you know, catch yourself. And I had a conversation with, um, a friend of mine on my podcast, a close friend of mine, actually. And we were talking about, um, as women, like what people think we should be doing. And she like launched a business and got, she got engaged, launched a business. And then her wedding was like six months later. And she was just like, I feel like everyone's only wants to talk about like the wedding and when I'm having kids and all these things, it's like, and I launched a business. And then like some of her family members had things to say regarding like, Oh, well, is this a good thing? And should you be doing this? Is this the place to invest your money? And just a lot of, you know, shoulds. And I think kind of in the female realm too, that I identify with too. It's just like, I'm 33. I you know, I don't, um, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Like there's a lot of, I think shoulds that we just can kind of dance around. And I throw those out there. Cause it's like, there's a lot of things like that. It's not just in the fitness industry. It's in a lot of spaces where we're kind of just like getting should on. And it's like, okay, let me buffer these a little bit. And let me decide what I feel like doing and what is the best for me and what is going to work. But that also takes a lot of work. You know, sometimes people find it easier just to go with the shoulds rather than figuring out what works best for them. Cause that requires like consistent excavation. Like you're kind of like a detective in your own life continually. And it's not someone just tell me what to do. It's not just give me the list, you know, it's a little bit more challenging. So I invite you guys listening to go beyond the land of the shoulds and figure out what works for you. And it takes, you know, time, energy, and effort, like I said. But hopefully podcasts like this and other cool, empowering media, you know, supports you along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It is easier just to go along. It it is easier in a sense. It's kind of like that comfort zone where like the things in your comfort zone, they're easy, kind of, even if they're not good, they don't feel good. You know, it's the land of like the relationship that's not amazing, but it's easier than leaving the person and being on your own. It's like putting that little bit of effort in to really dig into what, what all your shoulds are and like really looking at your desires and then living through those. It's so, so, so worth it. And it, it gets easier the more that you like continually do that process of being like, okay, well, what, what do I want fitness to look like in my life? You know, how can I define that? And, and how do I want that to look? And should I hire the coach? And should, you know, what I, what do I want to do? Do I really desire that? And then executing those decisions it gets easier over time and it feels so much better than just going along with what everyone's telling you to do. Yes. So, so critical. It's, it's exhausting to, to be pulled along by what everyone else is telling, you know, you to do. And I think you touched on it a little bit in the sense that it's like, who do we want to be? How do we want to show up? And, you know, how is fitness going to be a part of that? And one of the things I do with my clients, when I work one-on-one is core values is like, what are your convictions? What are the things that are important to you that when nobody's watching, when nobody sees you, when nobody is any, like you just are you that you're like, that's me. Like, that's who I want to be. You know, this is what I want to work towards. This is, you know, who, how I want to show up and the values that are important to me. And that is really, really helpful. And it's a great 
you know, next level way of being able to see how working out and a lot of these things that we can kind of be, get caught up in the hoopla of like how they actually help us be those values and shine those even more because it's like, am I going to be, you know, feeling the way that I want to feel being the person that I want to be when I'm not working out and when I'm not physically active? No. Do I also, will I also be the person I want to be if I'm continuously beating my body thinking I need to be doing this workout and go, go, go and go hard in the paint? No, not that either. Right. So it's just nice to have these rules to your own game so that you can set up the rules to your game so that you can win. I think so oftentimes, you know, the lack of motivation that you described with the shoulds, it's just like, there's so many shoulds that we don't win. So it's like, we're stuck in this puddle of like, you know, losses or whatever we want to see, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, what are the rules to your game? Who do you want to be when you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground for another day? Like, how are you going to show up? What contributions do you want to make? What do you want to get out of it too? Like in your interactions and relationships. And I think if we just slowed it down a little bit and took the time to figure out and have that guidance to, and that support to be like, okay, how do I want to be? What are my core values? What, you know, is, is helpful for me to shine? And like, I'm going to, I think it's, you can see it here, but, and this is my like book and I, and here I, cause I travel a lot. I have all my core values like on post-its, you know? So it's like, if I'm confused, if something's for me or not, or where I need to say my yeses or my nos, or if I need a little umph, you know, under my booty to, to do the workout or do the thing or show up. It's like, I look at my core values. It's like, am I going to be able to be that if I just don't do what I say I'm going to do? Probably not maybe for a little bit. I'm sure I have some extra reserves somewhere. I also have been working out long, let's to use working out as, as an example. Like I've been working out long enough and I'm physically fit and, and like I have a great foundation there. And it feels really good to do, you know, 30 minutes a day, no matter how fit you are, you've got to move, you know, motion is lotion. We got to keep going. So the core values are huge reminders. And so a lot of what I coach in, and I say this too, it's like, I want to give you strategies. You know, I said, you said it too, to go from crazy, busy to crazy, happy, but also like get strong at home from the inside out and to be able to have, you know, a skill set that allows you to never start over again. No, you don't have to start over the program. You have all these workouts. You have all these tools. You have all this stuff. You have your core values, like get after life, have your core values with you, like check it as you go. You know, it's, it's, it's cool because it also, you know, there's moments where people are like, we do core values and they're like, oh, no wonder that one situation just felt off and weird. I knew. And it's like, yeah, you just didn't have your rules to your game set up, but they were so in tune to you already. You already knew you had that kinesthetic feeling of like, incongruence where you're like, that just didn't feel right. But now that I have more core values, I'm moving my body regularly. There's just a lot more like clarity in my being and what's going on. Duh, that makes sense as to why that didn't work out or why that wasn't part of, you know, what I was supposed to be doing or whatever. And so, um, core values are super awesome. Setting up the rules to your own game of what it means and why you're getting fit and healthy and why, you know, movement is important and all the things that we know, you know, are important to a healthy and happy life. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I'm, I'm a huge believer in core values as well. And I think it's important to revisit them from time to time. You know, they can shift over our lives and yeah, oh, they just, they're so good. I just finished reading, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Mark Manson, right? Yeah. Did you read that too? 
A long time ago. Yes. Okay. I like that probably yeah. like three or four years ago. Such a great book though. I loved it. I gave it to my mom. She's like, I like it. It just says fuck too much. And I'm like, that's the title of the book, mom. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, I was expecting a little bit more to be more like kick in the ass confidence, which it was, but it was also a lot about values mm-hmm. and how to let them, um, you know, run your life, be the rules to your game. So I, I really love that. I think that's something women can really take away from this episode is like, getting clear on all the shoulds you're picking up from society. And then what are your values? Mm -hmm. Um, Something else that comes to mind is comparison, you know, especially with social media and, you know, whether it's fitness or anything else in life, um, what would you say to someone who's just doing a lot of comparison and really experiencing jealousy and, and using, maybe using fitness as a way to, you know, only for making their body look like someone on the internet, what would you say to that person? Yeah. We're like always in comparison mode, huh? It's like whether we're looking on social media or yeah, comparing ourselves, I don't know, to our coworkers or whatever. I think that, you know, jealousy and a lot of compare, like, you know, over the top, I I don't know. Yeah. Jealousy and comparison probably has its roots in a lot of different key areas. So that's kind of think what a lot of the fun part of the work that I like to do with fitness too, is just kind of like, yeah, where did that come from? And where did I learn that? And what is it doing for my life? You know, is it, you know, do I notice patterns in my, in my life where it's like this jealousy and this comparison is, you know, may helped me skip out on, on an opportunity or it's, you know, sabotage something, you know, can you, sometimes we can see patterns in that. So that's just something to mention, because I think sometimes that can be like someone's MO as well. But in general, yeah, we're comparing and contrasting all the time. And like I said, with like our workout plans and everything, it's like that they did that. So it should work for me. And I often say, like, look left and right to like get motivated to be like, who's in my corner? Who's I get super motivated by other people that are like in the arena doing their thing, showing up, you know, and it's like, cool, like you're doing your thing. I'm doing mine. Like let's advance and up level together versus being like, what are they doing and who, you know, and honestly, like if, when that starts to happen and sometimes that will happen, not as often anymore, honestly, in my life, but when it does, it generally means like I've been on social media too much. It's just like, turn off your phone, girl, like go for a walk to my past mantra, go, just go walk. You know, it's like, put your phone down. Like, don't, you know, don't put yourself somewhere where you feel like, and I think as a woman too, like our hormones, of course, fluctuate throughout the month, our four different, you know, the four different phases of our cycle, our superpowers. And there's some moments where I just feel more comparison-y than others, you know, where you feel a little bit more, I don't know, insecure, or this person's doing a great job. Or I think what's even worse, I think now it's not so much comparing like this person, this it's like, sometimes there's phases where I'm just like, I suck. This is lame. Everyone else is awesome. You know? So it's like, it's not so much just like that person has it all, but sometimes it's just kind of like the meh we so graciously put on ourselves sometimes. So, um, so yeah, I think having some awareness of comparison and just understand, you know, having my title, my podcast is self-love and sweat. And what I work on a lot with my clients is just like doing more of what helps you love you even more, because when you love you and you show up for you, you teach people how to show up for you even better, you know? So I feel like instead of, you know, comparing, it's just like, if you put, took all that energy and put that into, you know, 
learning how to love yourself better and just trying new things and just putting yourself out there in new ways and just kind of learning to appreciate what your body can do and a lot of that stuff even more. Um, that's, that's where you win, you know, because then you can experience life and appreciate the vessel that you have to experience the life even more because it's like, I know so many people and I, and especially like in fitness and especially when I started, it was like, yeah, I started in more of like the bodybuilding fitness-ish industry, fitness industry, fitness-ish, uh, the bodybuilding kind of sector, a lot of competing and things like that. And I never did competitions, but I definitely like went to them and watched them, you know, consumed a lot of the information that they had uh, trained and wanted to look like a competitor pretty much. Like I, I lived that lifestyle without like stepping on a stage and competing. And there's so many people who like look a certain way and they're being compared and contrasted to some of the like leanest, best physiques and the, and they still don't look like they hate themselves. You know, they're like beating themselves up and I shouldn't say, I shouldn't mind read that they hate themselves, but they're definitely beating themselves up a lot. They don't like the way that they look, you know, it's just like this amount of fat is the end of the world. And there's like, you know, there's a whole lot more um, to all of what we're comparing versus what we look, you know, it's like what's happening up here, like a stable, like, I shouldn't even say like a stable mind, but it's like tools to help continue to cultivate the life that you want to live and you want to be. And, you know, outside of just comparing like shoulder, literally shoulders to shoulders, abs to abs, like literally the physical comparisons, hair to hair, like certain things where it's like, Okay. And then you have that, but you're still going to feel the way that you feel on the inside. Like that's not going to change anything. People think that, um, you can't fix the inside by working on the outside. And I had a cool conversation one time in Scotland. I was on this really awesome hiking tour in Scotland for 11 days. It was so awesome. And I was talking with one of the girls on the trip and she's like, it's almost like, it's like an inner muffin top. And I'm like, yeah, we were like, happy, you know, all empowered in nature, just love and life. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, there, we, you could get rid of the outer muffin top and be super lean, mean fighting machine, but there might still be that like inner muffin top of, you know, an issue that you're not dealing with and you're just kind of masking and putting away. And so, um, so yeah, you know, those are, there's comparisons on all levels. I think we have to know our limits and boundaries and what triggers our comparisons. When you start to go in that comparison mode, what is it? You know, I've some of my friends, sometimes they'll be like, Hey, will you change my password on social media for me? Don't give it to me for a week. I'm like, sure. Like I'll do that. I'll, you know, it's just like, sometimes you just need to not check stuff and not look at things and not put yourself in the arena where, you know, you generally compare and as you know, do some work to figure out, okay, like, what can I do to help me? So that way, you know, I don't feel that, that need and that drive and that push and that negativity. And, um, you know, that quote comparison is the thief of joy. It is. It's like the time you spend comparing, comparing your, you're wasting the time you could be spent, you know, experiencing, I don't know, a freaking butterfly flying past your window. I don't know. That's beautiful. You know, it's like, there's some stuff where you just like, time is so precious. You know, I don't want to waste my time. You know, I'd want to, I want to cheer someone on. I don't want to compare and learn from them. It's like cheer them on and, and learn from them. You don't have to compare and like despise, you know, you can be like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? Cool. Yeah. I want to learn. Okay, cool. You want to teach me or like, can you give me some tips or pointers, you know, be inspired by that. At least if you're going to look you know, at least if you're going to take a peek, it's like, how could you learn and grow? Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. You can't fix the inside by working on the outside. Mm -hmm. It's true with everything. Like we think when we have, like, I remember so badly wanting a promotion when I was in the corporate world, this one particular promotion I wanted so bad. It was a title change. 
I'd have my own office. I thought my whole life would, you know, I thought I would feel differently on the inside. And then I got it and I was like, okay, now I'm just like under more pressure, have more stress, first of all, but it also just like, doesn't make you feel like you feel like you're going to feel more confident when you get that outer thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that you say that you work on that self-love piece with your clients, because that's what, that's what changes how you actually feel is when you do that work on the inside. So yeah. So important. Yeah. If you wait, it's just like, for what? Like we can't wait for something outside of ourselves to change in order to take action. And I love the work and I follow really closely the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he's like, you can choose to, to change and pivot in moments where you like have to, and you're in moments of pain and all this stuff, or you can choose to kind of pivot and change and change your outlook in a moment of, you know, like choice and being happy and excited, you know, about doing that. And so I love his work and I love his teachings in that space. Um, for that reason, it's just kind of like, it is your, your, your choice, how you show up and your perspective can be your superpower or your prison and yeah, choosing, choosing it daily to be, you know, more of your, your superpower instead of your prison. Yeah. Yeah. I love his work as well. It's, it's just so true. It's all how we see the world and how we see ourselves and doing that inner work is always going to be come before doing, doing the things on the, the outer 3d kind of realm of, of life. And I mean, I've Um, so gone through, I'm sure, I don't know if you have too, but like either, yeah, I would say like control freak phases of my life, or I encounter her every now and then where it's like, we cannot control anything. We can't control the outcome of anything. We can't control our out circumstances. We can't wait till someone else, you know, fills in the blanks and checks all the boxes to then do the thing. It's just like, it's a matter of just being present in the moment and taking action in that moment, whether that is to just tune in or take the next best step. It's just, um, yeah, it can be a whole, it can just be, yeah, a, a whole whirlwind otherwise when we try to, you know, think we can rein in everything and control everything. And that's why too, um, you know, I say like fitness has different phases and stuff as well. Cause that can be a controlling thing. It's like, I have to do my workout and I have to do it this way. And it has to be like this and it has to be, you know, it's like, no, actually like it doesn't have to be as, you know, regimented and controlled in this, you know, way, unless, yeah, if you, if you don't want it to be, if you don't want it to be. Yeah. So true. It goes, it goes circles right back around to those shoulds of like exactly what it needs to be in the craziness. Um, something that I used to really struggle with was kind of taking those rest, like rest days. I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not someone who has like rest days because I don't like have like a workout schedule that involves rest days, but resting in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, I being a workaholic and just even, even if it's not that it's like that need to be busy all the time, that need to be productive all the time. You know how it can be like uncomfortable if you're not doing something. Um, Why should we prioritize rest? Yes, I love that question. Um, Because rest is part of the equation. It's not like the opposite of it. It's just like, it's part of it. You know, if you don't, if you have the work without the rest or vice versa, you know, there's an imbalance and yeah, we talk about rest days in terms of, yeah, maybe a workout split. You might be like, oh, on Monday, Tuesdays, I do this. So this is my rest day, blah, blah, blah. And for some people that might be a reality. And for others, it might, you know, not be, but regardless rest and recovery is super important. I mean, we can even think about sleep, for example. I mean, we've all heard the ridiculous, in my opinion, like hashtag or theme of like team, no sleep, like I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know? And it's like, 
I spent a lot of time on clubhouse and there was this girl named lady named Sarah and she was a sleep expert and I loved her. And we would talk about fitness and nutrition and all these things. And then she would chime in on clubhouse and be like, I have to remind you that like, none of that's going to work unless you get good quality sleep because your body's not going to like digest properly and absorb and repair and like all these things. And so she always reminded me that like rest and recovery is really like that balloon weight that brings everything all together. And, you know, working out is a stress in our body, right? It's like a good kind of stress, but it is stressful. And if you think about it, um, you know, on top of the workout stress, we have a lot of other stresses in our lives. And so it's like, if we continue to do things that are elevating the stress levels in our body and not do the things that are going to bring it down. I mean, I just, I feel like that's kind of common sense and people understand that, right? Like they understand it in theory, but it's just not something that a lot of times people do in practice. But, you know, sometimes my biggest secret weapon, in fact, a lot of the times my biggest secret weapon is rest and recovery to being stronger, to feeling leaner, to feeling more energized. And, you know, it's like, oh, I just, you know, I go through periods sometimes where I'm working really hard. I was just on set working on a fitness production with behind the camera with the models. And it was really intense two days on one day off for like two and a half weeks. And after that, I was like, Oh, for three days, I'm going to have no problem with being horizontal. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I don't, if I work out great and the most of those mornings I would wake up, I do like a ride on the Peloton or go for a walk, take a shower and then get back in bed. That was kind of mostly what those three days were. And I was just like, not cause I told myself I had to work out or anything. It was just like, that was going to be my rest time mentally, emotionally, kind of all that kind of stuff. And then of course, sometimes our muscles are sore and we need to have that rest and recovery. We shouldn't be training sore muscles. We should give our body full adequate recovery after a workout to repair. If we're talking about like, you know, our muscle tissue and working out and our ability to build, uh, to break down and rebuild strong muscle tissue, you need rest for that. So, um, thinking about that too, if you're working out and you're like, what workout should I do today? Okay. Well, what'd you do yesterday? What's kind of sore. So I was kind of analyzing that this morning. I was like, I did kind of full body stuff yesterday. I can really feel my back and shoulders. I don't feel my legs a ton, but I did do, um, but I did do some step-ups yesterday. So I know I worked my legs and I did a, a, some squats. So I was like, okay, today I'm probably going to like hike and walk around and then do some core. Like that sounds like a good way to let the other parts of my body that are sore rest and recover. And then, uh, tomorrow I'll probably have a rest day where I'm not working out. Cause I'm like, Oh, I hit the weights. I did this da, 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 da. and just kind of like keeping that in mind as being, that's kind of how I, I should say that's kind of how I do it. So it's not as regimented as much as it is like um, active and aware and me being like, okay, well, what are my goals? What did I do yesterday? You know, what can be the next best action there? I want to believe it's getting a little bit better. Like the, the, the media and the push surrounding like, yeah, rest, recover, like recharge, you know, give your, your mental, your mental health, you know, the attention that it needs, give yourself a break, love on. Like, I think that that message is coming in through a little bit more than it maybe was before, but, um, that need to be busy that you mentioned that need to go, go, go. I remember work experiencing this in my life. And then also a client that I worked with, her schedule was very, is very go, go, go busy, busy. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, and um, yeah, like a lot all the time. And she noticed that she would have like almost these 
this, this digestive discomfort and this just like feeling of overwhelm during the resting phases. So it was like, it's almost like when she was resting and recovering from a lot of work and working out and things like that, it was like, that was like her body wasn't used to it, you know? So it's like, we teach our bodies. Like we, I should say, we put our bodies through a lot of stressful situations. And sometimes that can be where it's like, we have that need to be busy. Cause when we're not, we're feeling like we're inadequate or our body, body physically is just like in shambles, you know? And so that's a, that's a real world for a lot of people too, is like needing to be busy and go, go, go. And then when there is that downtime, it's like they either physically aren't feeling well, it's, you know, too much to slow down to, you know, to catch up with your thoughts, you know, and you realize like, oh, I'm probably just being busy because I'm, you know, trying not to think about other things. And when I rest and relax, a lot of stuff comes. Um, I remember on the topic of rest and you mentioned kind of in my bio, like this burnout, but, you know, I never I don't, was ever like diagnosed with, with burnout or anything like that. Um, but it, oh my gosh, the feelings of that, I remember just talking to friends who had had it before. And just, it was almost as if like, once you go to that rest moment, it's like, you just pressed on the brakes of a, I don't know, a bus where all the boxes and stuff were in the back. So it's like, as soon as you press the brakes, it's like, everything just comes flooding and just, so it's like, sometimes those moments of rest after intense bouts of work and even burnout at its most intense form, um, can really feel like, oh my gosh, this rest is exhausting. And I experienced that. And maybe somebody listening has experienced that too. So now it's like, I don't want to get to the point where I have to rest. You know, I just kind of tune in, like I said, and I was kind of, you know, going through the, the self-talk that I do when it comes to my workouts. And when my rest is, I would much rather do that and proactively rest and proactively recharge. It's like, plugging your phone in when it's at like, you know, 30% versus waiting till it's at 1%, you know, and just proactively scheduling that rest. And, you know, for the most part, I just randomly decided, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for the luxury to be able to, to do that. But I just randomly decided that like Wednesday, I just put off in my calendar. Do I do work sometimes, but it's just like a moment where it's like, I can sleep in and sleep in for me, Leah is like 7am. Like I usually wake up at five. So I'm like, okay, if I can sleep in till like seven and just like, you know, do some things around the house, maybe take a bath in the morning. If I feel like it just kind of like do things out of order that for me is really restorative and helps me recover. And so I kind of include that in my week, but then there's some weeks where I, you know, ignore it. I'm like, there's a lot that needs to get done. I have, you know, calls and different things I need to schedule on that particular Wednesday. And I'll do that too. But proactive recovery is way better than when you need to, <laughs> I would say for sure. And I always like to go that little, you know, the life coach in me goes a little bit further. It's just kind of like you said, that need to be busy. It's like, well, where does that come from? And what happens when you're not busy? And what does it mean when you're not busy? You know, what do you tell yourself when you're not? Can you be everything you want to be and not be busy too. It's just kind of like unpacking it a little bit and just being like, oh yeah, I'm busy all the time. Cause that's what I saw. And my, you know, that's the way that I was raised and we were working and busy and go, go, go. And like in my family, it was really much, it was really like, um, your work was your worth. Like a lot, I remember being so proud to tell my grandpa, like I work seven days a week now, grandpa. And I go to school full time. It was like, for what? Like, how come I, how come that got a gold star, <laughs> you know, instead of being like, Hey, I was kind today. And I experienced this and I had a great conversation with this person. And this is what it made me think, you know, it was just like so much and yeah, nothing wrong with it. It's just like, I realized when I sat with it, I was like, Oh, that's why you want to be the energizer bunny is because like that was rewarded your whole adolescence. So no wonder, like now you're like, 
doing all these things, but you know, you're not in school or adults aren't telling you like, hi, yeah, great job. You know, it's kind of like, are you doing it for you? Like, do, do what works for you. Do what feels good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it, it just kind of goes back to the values conversation that we were having because, you know, talking about the, like, I'll rest when I'm dead. Like when I was in corporate, it was, it was taking days off, taking vacations was super frowned upon. I remember our vice president, um, our, our like regional VP would, he would be like, yeah, I sleep like four or five hours a night. And that was like praised and like, yeah, who needs to sleep? It's your values. So like at that time in my life, I was a workaholic and my value was outcomes in my career. That was what I was prioritizing, you know? Mm -hmm. So like in a fitness journey, you could be prioritizing like your, your outcomes physically, which of course you're, you're not going to really get those optimally if you're not resting, but or are you, or is your value, my health of my body, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so it's really important to look at those and say, what, what are my values? You know, again, what are they? And am I actually living in alignment with those? Or am I doing things that, you know, I was taught are good. Or I was taught there's shame around, you know, resting and, and putting yourself first and, and all of that. I think a lot of us had maybe had moms that never put themselves first and, so such a good conversation. I feel like it all kind of circles back to like starting with what's inward. Um, so I love that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, change and evolution is so possible. So like you said, it's like, maybe that was just not modeled in what you saw or how you lived or what was, you know, expected of people that, you know, it's just like now things are different and they can be different and understanding that, you don't have to do things the way you always did them. In fact, you shouldn't, it probably won't work anymore. It's good to be able to have the opportunity to change and evolve and go from, you know, maybe thinking you have to not take time for yourself to being like, Oh, this is amazing. You know, it's part of who I am and it's what I love. And you said, coming back to your values. And I just want to pull this one out quickly because one of my values is physically strong. And I have a little note that says I regularly rest my physical body. And that is why I'm physically strong. I regularly tune into my body's whispers. So that for me was my way of setting the rules to my game, reminding myself that if you want to be physically strong, which is something I just love, I love feeling fit and strong and tight and lifting and moving my body in different ways, that the reason for that is not going to be, you know, I regularly work out and push my limits and da, da, da. it's like, no, I regularly rest my body and I tune it into my body's whispers. So in my model of the world, in my value system, it's like my strength comes from my rest. And so I basically you know, I don't know. So what do you call it? Like self-hypnotize myself with my own values. You know, I read these, so this for me is my definition of it. And that's the way that I'm going to live. So that is one of my values actually. Mm, I love that so much. And for those of you, well, none of you listening can see. <laughs> can see oh, yeah, I was holding up a physical, I was holding up a post-it. Yeah. She has these post-its and I love that. I'm totally going to copy that. I think that's, I'm like big into post-it notes. They've totally changed my life. Just like having an affirmation of the month, like on my bathroom mirror, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do right now. So yeah, they can be huge. Um, and I'd love that listening to whispers of my body. Is that what you said? Listening to whispers of my body. Yeah. I regularly tune into my body's whispers. Yep. Because when I like went through, you know, my, I know I gave you, I still gave you the long story. I feel like I didn't, you know, tell everything. I think that's probably how we all feel when it comes to like all the stuff we've been through and experienced, but I had a lot of hormonal issues from working out a lot and, um, I, I would say looking back now, kind of irresponsibly, or let's say like, um, 
using birth control as if I was uninformed. Cause I kind of wasn't from my doctors and from myself. It's like, I take it here and there, then I'd stop and whatever. So anyways, I had really bad issues with acne. And I remember, um, looking like, it's kind of like an, at the end of a bad relationship or something, you look back and you're like, all these red flags, you know? So for me, I remember being like, oh, all these whispers, my body was trying to communicate with me that something was off hormonally until it was like banging at the door with, you know, my whole face at one point was covered in cystic acne, um, for months on months on end. And I just remember telling myself, I'm going to tune into the whispers when my body's like, Hey, that little scratch in your throat that could probably turn into like a rundown cold or something. Listen to it, sleep in, don't do your workout today, drink extra water and tea and like, you know, pray and love on yourself, you know, like literally like listen to those whispers a lot more. So that for me is, um, is yeah, it is huge. I think. And to your point, yeah, it's, it's nice to have them on post-it notes. Cause I literally just, depending on where I am, hotel room or whatever, I just kind of like stick it up. And, and one of the things, I don't know, I just feel like sharing it. Why not? One of the things that I, um, of course did when I had a lot of acne was I was like always up in the mirror, you know, like, did I, do I have a new, so I had like oozing cysts. Anybody who's ever had cystic acne, it's like super painful. And they're just like all under, you know, and it was just like horrible. And so I found myself even after, you know, healing my hormones and going through a lot of customized individualized protocol and testing to figure out like what was going on underneath the hood. Let's say I still found myself even now. I mean, I have normal skin now. Like sometimes I'll get breakouts here and there, but I find myself like scrutinizing and being all up in my mirror and then like maybe finding something that's not there and like picking at it. And so what I did was I took all my post-its of my core values. I just stuck them all over the mirror. I'm like, you're not even going to look at yourself. You're just going to look at your core values. I had a little side mirror. So when I would like floss my teeth, I could like make sure I didn't, you know, I, I want, I wasn't like, I'm trying to block myself, but I was just trying to like break a pattern where I was like, oh yeah, like, no, you're not that anymore. And even if you did, there's no reason to like be all up in the mirror, scrutinizing everything. And these core values were super helpful. Cause it was like, okay, no matter where I'm at, if I'm in a hotel room or I'm somewhere, whatever I can, at least sometimes I'll just choose like a few of them just to put in like on a mirror and just have the rest of my notebook. Sometimes I'll put them all out and I'll kind of order them in the order of importance that they are to me right now in my life, where it's kind of like, oh, this one's really important. I kind of want to shift things around. I'll do that. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the part on the whispers and then the part on the post-its. I just think it's, uh, really helpful in real life. And I don't know, sometimes we can, you know, compare and scrutinize ourselves too and pass things. And so sometimes I noticed, I'm just like, what the heck, like get your hands off of scrutinizing your face and start reading your core values and like, just relax girl. So sometimes that happens. And I'm like, thankfully for my core values, I'm just reading this instead of like, you know, holding a microscope up to something that's like not there anymore, but it was pretty traumatic. It was really a intense experience for me. And I was had a lot of acne and just like skin issues. And I was on camera a lot. So it was like, just, it was just a lot, you know, it's hard. It was really hard. And so, um, yeah, the core values were helpful during that time or after, like during the after time, let's say. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's something that, you know, I feel like so many people can relate to pieces of that story and have things with themselves where they notice those patterns of really picking ourselves apart and, honing in on things. And, and, um, if it's not helpful, then breaking that pattern is really a good thing. And I, I went through a phase where like, I had to unlearn, like picking myself apart in front of the mirror, not, not physically, but just looking in the mirror. Oh, well, my eyebrows should look more like this or my something and my blah, blah, blah. And so I had to create a habit of not looking, not spending that time in front of the mirror 
just it just was not productive it was the opposite of productive so mm -hmm. that's a that's a beautiful um thing to share um to kind of like strike it and reverse it it's just like the only thing that changes it is like having the awareness and being like okay I'm gonna do this instead like I have to build this new path or else the autopilot's just gonna put me in front of the mirror and pick myself apart whether with words or like physically like I was you know it's just sometimes challenging to re redo autopilots on ourselves yeah yeah it takes time to like build those new neural pathways and and create those changes and but once we do it it's not that it always stays that way but it's so worth it to be you know we're gonna the time's gonna pass anyways and if we're using the time to pick ourselves apart be hateful towards ourselves abuse our bodies whatever we're doing is that really worse or is spending the time rerouting the patterns and like digging in and journaling and like seeing a counselor, hiring a coach, you know, like we're going to be doing hard things no matter what. Mm -hmm. So why not take the time to like make the real changes, you know? Yes. Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> yes. Well, I have one last question that I oh. ask every guest, which is what's a favorite book of yours or that you love or like a recent read that you really enjoyed? You can name a few too, if you're like, no, because oh. normally I, yeah, I, I might pick a few. <laughs> okay. So my favorite book is, um, becoming supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I think that's an awesome book. If you guys are interested in the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, but I would also choose this book because it was a really awesome book in personal development that like pretty much captivated and catapulted me. It was like super helpful. Um, and that is a uh, high performance habits by Brendan Burchard. That one's a super, super, super good book. So that one, um, yeah, if you're familiar or not with the work of Brendan Burchard, he's awesome. He's a high performance coach and does just so much research in, I think it was like over 300 countries on what it means to be a high performer, which in his definition is to be happy over the long term by still, or no, what does he say? To be successful over the long term while still being happy and having positive relationships. And I really love his definition because I saw successful people in my life that weren't fostering positive relationships. Let's say it like that. So when he like opened up this world, I'm like, oh, you can be successful and have money and be happy. And like, people will love you and you can love others too. You don't have to be this like scary master of money, you know? So I, um, so I really like that book too. So I think those would be probably the two that I chose, that I choose, um, the becoming supernatural is much more neuroscience. And there's like a lot of graphs and images of brain scans and just different things that happen when you are able to do some of the practices and meditation and just different things that he teaches. So if that sounds interesting for you, that's a great book. And then high performance habits is more like, these are the six habits that, you know, out of all the millions of people that were interviewed were like the all common ones. And here's why, and here's how this helps, you know? So you get to kind of see like, oh, these are the areas that I totally crush it at. And here's some other areas that I could elevate even more if I want to, you know, become even more of a high performer. So those are two of my favorite books ever. Um, yeah. I've heard, I've heard of both of those and I feel like several people have told me to read Becoming Supernatural. So I'm going to have to add that to my list. All of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books are so great. I, I love his work. It totally changed my life. And that one is just super special because I feel like it's yeah, it's just kind of like all the practice and the data in one. And so I, for me, that's really satisfying to read. That's awesome. 
Okay, well, thank you so much, London, for being here. I'm sure everyone has so many like takeaways from this episode and things that they're looking forward to really digging into from within. So tell us where can we find you? Um, tell us the name of your podcast again and, and how else we can find and work with you and anything you have going on you want to share. Yay, cool. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me. I love chatting like this. It's super cool. Um, you can find me everywhere on social media um, at Life Like London, L I F E L I K E, and then my name, L U N D E N. I'm there everywhere. And then um, I have this really cool free calendar that I send out every month. So you can pick that up if you want to. It's lifelikelondon.com forward slash calendar. It's basically like a monthly calendar that you get every month. And every day there's like a little something, whether it's like a workout to do, a podcast to listen to, a blog posting to read, a little journal prompt, maybe just like a little nugget to keep you keeping on. So you don't ever feel like you're starting over. It's just like, we're always um, incorporating different nuggets and tools, whether it's fitness stuff, mindset work, et cetera. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's podcast episodes on there and I have a podcast. It's called self-love and sweat the podcast. You can find it anywhere you're listening to podcasts, especially probably where you're listening to this one. You could also find mine there. And, um, yeah, so check it out. It's just a lot of interviews and also personal experiences in my life and coaching and expertise and stuff too on just, yeah, how to get your mind right, your body tight and love your life. So check that out you guys. And yeah, Leah, thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, I guess I would just say, you know, this work is never like complete, you know, and see that as empowering, right? It's just like, we're always learning. We're never like finished working out. We're never finished doing this, I guess. Yeah. Until we die. Right. But I mean, like, and in a more empowering way, it's just kind of like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just figuring out what's working for you. Continue to do the work, continue to surround yourself with empowering, uplifting people who are doing the same and show up for yourself. Don't wait for others or other things and just get after it one day at a time. I love that so much. Thank you, London and everyone listening. Have a great day. We love you so much. If you feel like taking a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, tag us both in it. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week.